0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I am your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel, and every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. We're so glad that you've joined us.
1: I am going to assume that you seem to be an early decorator.
0: I am. Are you really? I start right after Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now, I'm not before Thanksgiving like Mm -hmm. some of my neighbors, but right after Thanksgiving because I want to have those decorations up as long as possible.
1: So we are not like that. We don't have you a tree don't? up. No.
0: Some people do the tree on Christmas Eve. When not you yet. do it on Christmas Eve, do people leave it up all through January?
1: They should. Yeah. <laughs> get their
0: money's worth. Oh, my goodness. Chris, what's your favorite tradition? What is the Weigel Homes' best Christmas holiday tradition? It's
1: really strange. We don't have a set tradition yet. No.
0: We, we should. We get a show on traditions I know. on Thanksgiving, and we I... need you to be building these <laughs> and practice what we're preaching.
1: We do a few small things here and there that I wouldn't say are big traditions, but Sharon's mom has a great one. Sharon has three brothers and sisters. Since day one of each kid's first Christmas, she has gotten a Christmas ornament for them. Oh, nice. Some of them are in their 40s, and she still continues to get them a Christmas ornament each year.
0: Wow, they're going to have to have another treat. <laughs> that
1: also includes the spouses. Oh. And I've gotten an ornament every year yeah so the tree now has nearly three hundred ornaments on oh it. oh
0: my goodness, as I say you have to have two trees for right. that
1: it's the tree weighs a lot too <laughs> <laughs> and we take an evening earlier in December and fill the tree up. It's and a lot of fun.
0: that's kind of our tradition with the tree. I love the tree part. We always go get a fresh tree right, and we've had an argument in our house for years, mm-hmm. artificial or fresh. But because of my background, growing up in Michigan, we never had an artificial tree. Right. So I refuse to let that happen in our family.
1: You know, we do have that tradition. There's a tree farm not far from our place, and we go every year. And yeah. And the kids love it.
0: We have the tree, and then we have a night. And Norm puts the lights on, and he is so awesome because he strings every branch of the tree with lights. And he puts I don't even know how many are on there, thousands. And it takes days for him to get that done.
1: He doesn't seem like he would have the patience for that. Well, (laughs) it's a
0: test of his patience, but he loves the effect. And so if he's going to put lights on, he wants to do it right. And then we put Christmas music on, and Mm -hmm. we make hot chocolate. We have a fireplace going. And it feels like the kickoff of the season for us. There's a listener who also has a tradition centered on the Christmas tree. When I was growing up, I lived in a very rural area. And the week before Christmas, my dad would take my brother and sister and I to buy the Christmas tree. And it took us less than five minutes to get there. And at the time, I didn't realize how very cool that was, that the Christmas tree farm was that close. But we went, we spent a little bit of time picking our tree, and then he brought it home and we left it outside. And then on Christmas Eve, we put the tree up and we decorated it. And the best part was when we put the red star on top. And then we knew Santa was going to come. Wow. <laughs> so they bought the tree, but then they left it till That's, Christmas Eve's Just Givetich. like us,
1: the Christmas tree farm is so close by. And unlike her, I think one of the neatest things is the tree is in our house. Within an hour ago, it was...
0: In a farm, and it was live.
1: That's neat, having the tree farm so close by.
0: I love the tree farm right. idea.
1: The Christmas tree tradition took hold in the 16th century, and German fir trees were decorated both indoors and out with apples, roses, and gilded candles and colored paper. Mm. Then in the Middle Ages, a popular religious play depicted the story of Adam and Eve's expulsion from the Garden of Eden. A fir tree hung with apples, and it was used to symbolize the Garden of Eden, the paradise tree.
0: Oh, okay. Mm.
1: And the play ended with the prophecy of a Savior coming and was often performed during the Advent season. I
0: wondered about the apples. I thought the apples were like a colonial thing. But I love the idea that they put the apples on the tree to symbolize the garden. I never knew that. I knew that the Protestant reformer Martin Luther first put the lights on trees. He was coming home one December evening, and the beauty of the stars shining through the branches of a fir inspired him to recreate those effects by placing candles on the branches of a small fir tree inside his home.
1: I'm sure the fire marshal was <laughs> thrilled with that. We
0: were into this colonial thing one <laughs> Christmas because we lived near Colonial Williamsburg. Right. We had these metal things on the bottom of them, and you put the little candle in them, and then they drip into this metal part. But it made me mm. very nervous yes. putting that on the tree. So we only mm. did that one time. <laughs> right. Here's a fun fact about trees because I'm German. I can't say that our family ever did it. And our family is very German. I mean, my grandparents came over from Germany and my dad came over from Germany. But Germans hide a pickle in the Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) And the first child who finds it gets a small present. Here's one family tradition that focuses on special ornaments. Take a listen.
2: So when we decorate our tree, instead of using store-bought ornaments that people would typically use, like bulbs and things, there are things that mean something to us. So if we go on a vacation, we always look for something that we can hang on our tree that reminds us of that. We've got friends in Southern California that send us a Hallmark ornaments every year, and that's real special because they do things that are kind of typical for us and our friendship. So that's, that's what we do.
1: We have a family member that sends the yearly White House Christmas oh. ornament. Oh, yeah. So we've got several White House-type things on our tree at Yeah.
0: Home. We also do the same thing with travel. We have mm-hmm. several ornaments from Finland and other places in the world that we've been. So it's kind of cool when you look and you see the little boots up there and you think, right. oh, those came from Finland. It's oh, wow. kind of fun.
1: Definitely. It since there are so many wonderful Christmas traditions, we decided this week to take it to the streets and have several of you... Tell us about your favorite Christmas
2: traditions. I remember Christmas traditions when my sister, my mother, my father, and we would get in the car, and we would drive down through some of the more um, populated areas, and we live in a very uh, hilly um, part part of um, of the state, and we would go, and as you would enter down into the towns that were in the valleys, you would see Christmas lights all across the entire valley, and we would get really excited because we would get to drive up and down the streets, and and everywhere you went, there was every different kind of arrangement of, of colored lights and some were large and some were small and some people had decorations on their lawns others just had lights around every every pillar and post of their house and and so it was always kind of cool to drive from community to community and look at all the different decorations and see how people were preparing and it was really cool if it happened to be a year when there was snow and you get to drive along and everything was brilliant white and the the colors of the lights would really reflect off the snow and so it was kind of the tradition was to go to to the little towns all around and look at all the Christmas lights.
0: That's kind of nostalgic. And Mm -hmm. you know what, we used to live in Virginia Beach, and we had lights on the beach. And that was a tradition of our family. You literally drive on the boardwalk, and -hmm. they put lights out of the water. And they have the 12 days of Christmas, although one year only stopped at seven. We weren't sure why. (laughs)
1: The, the other they five need to build more away. lights.
0: Yeah. But that was always real fun. It's a caravan of cars. And mm. you start with hot chocolate, and you go on the boardwalk, and you look at all the lights. Very cool. Let's talk about the origins of some of the mm-hmm. decorations. Because I don't know about you, but I really don't know so much about why we do what we do and why we decorate with what we do.
1: Right. I'm sort of in the same boat. We just put them up.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and why are we doing that? Right. Let's talk about some of them. Talk about the candy treats a little bit, because there's a bunch of stuff on... Christmas cookies and candies. Right. Where'd that come from?
1: Special decorations have always been used to adorn Christmas trees. Food items, like you just mentioned, and cookies were predominantly straight white candy sticks. They were confections used as ornaments. And legend has it that during the 17th century, craftsmen created the white sticks of candy in the shape of a shepherd's crook. It was the suggestion of a choirmaster at the Cologne Cathedral in Germany.
0: Here's my favorite part of that story. The candy treats were given to children to keep them quiet during the ceremonies of the nativity scene. (laughs) So they were giving them candy in church, apparently, and uh, trying to keep them quiet. So then it became a custom of passing out the candy crooks at Mm -hmm. such ceremonies and that soon spread throughout Europe and now we do it today
1: there are plenty of Christmas traditions to talk about that we will probably get to throughout the rest of the program and that is what we are discussing today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show Christmas Traditions we will be right back
0: mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote I Love My Mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, but available on my website, drlindamindle.com or online where books are sold.
1: Well, this is the Dr. Linda Mental Show. One thing we forgot about in the last segment was this tradition of stockings. Where did they come from? Why do we hang stockings on the mantle? According to legend, a kindly nobleman grew despondent over the death of his beloved wife, and he foolishly squandered his fortune. And this left his three young daughters without dowries and thus facing a life of spinsterhood.
0: Ah, and then Hmm. the generous St. Nicholas, who we'll talk about later, after hearing of the girl's plight, set forth to help. He rode his white horse by the nobleman's house, and he threw three small pouches of gold coins down the chimney where they were fortuitously captured by the stockings.
1: This predated they, the
0: reindeer. This, <laughs> someone <laughs> right. needs to pick that story up and make that a film. You know that some people's traditions revolve around other people, especially those among us whose livelihood is tied to the season. We had a forum. And we raised chickens and ducks and geese, lots of geese and lots of ducks. From Thanksgiving through Christmas in the New Year, it was always a busy time getting things ready for other people so they could enjoy their holidays.
1: Nice. That does sound like a good way to spend Christmas, thinking of others. Earlier, we mentioned this fellow on a white horse. (laughs) Turns out it's St. Nick, and this guy has been a big part of Christmas, since any of us can remember. The origin of Santa Claus began in the 4th century with St. Nicholas... He was a bishop of Myra, an area in present-day Turkey, and by all accounts, St. Nicholas was a generous man, like you mentioned, particularly devoted to children. And after his death around 340 A.D., he was buried in Myra, but in 1087, long time ago, Italian sailors purportedly stole his remains <laughs> and removed them to Italy, greatly increasing St. Nicholas's popularity throughout Europe.
0: And we were told this story in Italy this summer. So I was in a town where they were showing us this. So in 1822, Clement Moore mm-hmm. composed the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. Right. Remember yeah. that poem? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he published The Night Before Christmas as a gift for his children. In it, he portrayed Santa Claus. Here's the way he portrayed it. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. The Italians were telling us how they didn't steal the remains. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part right. of the story. Some families still put treats on Christmas Eve in case there's a late night visitor, right?
2: right? Sometimes
0: there can be an unexpected surprise ending. Every year for Christmas, we would usually put out cookies for Santa. Well, This one Christmas year, we didn't have any cookies, but we had cake. So we put cake on a plate on the fireplace for Santa to come. And about 10 minutes later, we all look over, and our cat is gripping the plate (laughs) and eating the cake. My mom tried to get the cat off, and she would not let go of the plate and started growling and hissing. So the cake was gone, and we thought that Santa wasn't coming. You know, I would have just told my kids he probably had cookies at the other person's house. So he's probably full by the time he gets to you. Don't worry about it. He'll be okay without it. (laughs) That's a great story, though, isn't it? Do you drink eggnog? Yes, I do. You do?
1: It's wonderful.
0: Well, this is an American-born tradition. Oh, there we go. Great. So finally, something with America. (laughs) According to the reports by Captain John Smith, who we remember from Thanksgiving as well, the first eggnog made in the United States was consumed in 1607 at the Jamestown Settlement. Nog comes from the word grog, which refers to any drink made with rum.
1: Okay. You don't necessarily have to drink it with the rum. You don't. You can make
0: it without. But I tell you, it's like drinking liquid ice cream for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just counting the calories when that thing goes down. So I'm not a fan.
1: It is a little sludgy going down, that's for sure. And I do like eggnog just during Christmas, but I'm not sure about Christmas pudding. Once called plum pudding, this British tradition, also popular in Australia, has been served throughout history around the Christmas holiday season. And according to the Oxford Dictionary, the pudding is a rich, (laughs) boiled pudding made with flour, suet. Suet? Yes, and dried fruit.
0: What is suet? Suet. what is that, like fat?
1: I don't know. I think know. it is.
0: Our producer is shaking her head. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Ugh.
1: The pudding itself takes hours to cook, and then it's usually served, still flaming hot or actually on fire. Well,
0: that would be fun to have the True. fire part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> However, the making of the pudding is legendary for its wish-making tradition. It has some kind of superstition around it. Right. Customarily, all those who stir the batter are supposed to make a wish. Oh, so it's a wish thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the bakers drop a coin into the batter. And the person to find it on Christmas is considered the lucky one.
1: With a broken tooth. <laughs> Unless they
0: swallow it. And then you're right. doing the Heimlich to try to get rid of that coin. I'm not sure about the pudding.
1: Uh, yeah, Let's go either. on to a different one. Right. <laughs> well, more modern day traditions include baking cookies or participating in a cookie exchange and opening gifts Christmas Eve or Christmas Day making gingerbread houses. There's a lot of right. things
0: that people do that are really fun, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And I think doing an Avent calendar and wreath right. and caroling on Christmas Eve. We watch our favorite movies in our house. I know it's not very spiritual, but every single year we do How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right. And I think my two kids can <laughs> quote the entire movie. Oh, we wow. were doing something the other night and Katie starts quoting something from The Grinch and we were cracking up. It's one of our favorite things to do. And then we will talk about the spiritual part because we do mm-hmm. celebrate that right. and give that priority. The cringe is really fun.
1: I do remember as a kid, my family you played brass instruments. So we'd go Everybody around Everybody
0: played a brass instrument? Just about.
1: I would play a kazoo because I'm 6, you know. But the rest of the family would go around the neighborhood caroling with the brass instruments that was lots oh, of fun. Oh, they
0: took their instruments. We all played instruments in our house right. too, and my mom was the church pianist, so we would oh, carol. Wow. But we didn't go neighborhood to neighborhood. We tried mm-hmm. that in Virginia Beach. And a lot of people didn't want us there. <laughs> and I thought we were good singers. People, I think, were afraid to open their doors.
1: But it's also hard to push a piano down the street. <laughs> so your mom said, you know, just enough rolling that. rolling
0: piano. Here comes that family again. <laughs> well,
1: we're having lots of fun on today's program talking about Christmas traditions. And coming up after the break, we'll talk about the true meaning behind the Christmas season. This is the Dr. Linda Mental Show. We'll be right back.
2: Raising healthy kids in an unhealthy world. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold.
1: You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we have been talking about Christmas traditions. Dr. Linda, we want to end with the most important tradition, of course, because this is what the holiday is all about. Those related to the Christmas story, there are a number of reminders in terms of the significance of the story.
0: It's very important, I think, to point us back to the true meaning like you were talking about because it has become a very commercialized holiday. Right. And I'm kind of grateful this year that it seems like we're able to say Merry Christmas, although mm. I know the tree is still under attack. Right. There was some news story a while back where somebody had to remove a tree mm. in a town that had been there forever. Apparently these people, like, trek up a mountain, they put the tree up, and the town made them take it down because it was politically incorrect. Wow. But I'm hoping that we'll have some openness now.
1: Just yesterday I was in a major toy store and they had Merry Christmas everywhere.
0: They did. Almost
1: overboard. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm
0: glad to hear that because Katie and I were looking through some of these Christmas card things that you can do online with the photos, Mm -hmm. and we looked through three pages, and she got real upset. She goes, every one of these says Happy Holidays. And then we found some as we were going. Mm -hmm. But I hope that that's reversing and that we're able to talk about the holiday. The holly is one of those symbols that reminds us of the Christmas story. I did not know this. I just mm-hmm. know that we decorate with holly. Right. We have a holly bush. We do
1: too, right? Yeah, we and it's take beautiful. Off right. And it's
0: got those sharp edges. Mm-hmm. Well, those sharp edges are symbolic of the crown of thorns worn by Jesus at his crucifixion. And then the red berries represent the blood. And while that's not exactly the Christmas story, the mm-hmm. Christmas theme, it does remind us of the centerpiece of Christmas, which is Christ. Right. So when you put up the holly hopefully this year you'll think about what those sharp edges remind you of and the red mm. berries. And maybe you can think about Jesus in a different way and tell your kids about right. the symbolism in the holly.
1: I was about to say that's a great message for the kids in yeah. the house. And say, Here, touch the edge of that leaf. You know, Imagine what it was like wearing a crown of thorns and Jesus did that for you. Now, one thing about Christmas I do like is the idea of donating food to needy families and participating in those types of charitable events. But speaking of food,
2: Hi, guys. I just wanted to share that in my family, it's been a tradition for many, many years. We live in the small farming community, and my mom and and now my sister-in-law can goods in the fall season, and they make all kinds of special treats. And at Christmas time, we bundle up some things and take to all the people in our little community who have helped us out during the year. And It's a chance to see people and say Merry Christmas, but also to say we appreciate that you're part of our lives all year long, and this is a little sampling of the things we can give you for Christmas. Oh, wow. That's a great
0: message right. to give back at Christmas time to your neighbors. And when we lived in Virginia Beach, I did try to make some this mm-hmm. Chex Mix stuff. I don't even know what it's called, where you put the mm-hmm. chocolate and butterscotch right. and powder and stuff on it. There's a name for it. I don't know what it is. But I made it, and I took it and put it in really pretty bags, and I took it to my neighbors, and they thought it was fun. I think one of the things I heard living in bigger cities mm-hmm. was people were a little suspect when they got food from their neighbors <laughs> and didn't want to eat it. Who are is these people? Sad, yeah. yeah, and it's a sad state. <laughs> (laughs) isn't it on what we were trying to do I love all the participation in the angel trees Mm -hmm. do you do the Samaritan's Purse the shoe boxes?
1: We do we let the kids fill the boxes up or the specs from Samaritan's Purse they enjoy doing that each year
0: There's a lot of charities that you can Mm -hmm. give to this time of year. And I know that our producer was talking to us about a great suggestion that she had heard that even when you see like those Salvation Army ringer people Mm -hmm. outside of whatever store, you don't have to feel compelled to throw a 20 in there every time. Mm You can have a bunch of singles with you and coins even. Right. And as you're going by, they appreciate anything that you give. That's and true. if you're giving a few things, then that can work out well. Let's talk a little bit as we get closer to the end of the show about the nativity scenes because they do definitely remind us of the true meaning of Christmas. And while they have been banned in many cities... This tradition comes from the Italians again. Uh, and they came because of poverty and social unrest in the 17 and 1800s. And St. Francis of Assisi commissioned a nativity scene to be built and displayed in front of the Catholic Cathedral in Italy where he was priest. Wow. And during that Christmas holiday these centuries ago, the scene was to represent the birth of Christ throughout the season and for several days after.
1: I've been to the traditional place in Israel where the... In Bethlehem. Right. Right. They say that the chances are that Jesus was actually born in the cave under a rock type ledge. Which is what it looks like in Bethlehem. I would like to know where we got the barn.
0: It's probably artistic freedom. You know, think about it. The wise men are there. Right. They came later. But they're at True. the manger scene. <laughs> I always had to explain that to my kids. We're putting them on here as part of the remembrance, but it was a lot later. They yeah. were not there the night that Jesus was born.
1: We're squeezing a lot of time into one scene. Yes, we would have right. to
0: make it look a little bit more theatrical.
1: Right. Well, speaking of all of these traditions, it would take more than a week and over an hour each to visit and tour all of the nativity scenes in Naples and Rome alone.
0: Wow. hmm There's a lot.
1: Unfortunately, nativity scenes being used as religious symbols in public property in America today are being ridiculed. My opinion on that is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it is ridiculous, but I don't understand why people are so opposed to right. the nativity. It's not proselytizing something that's an important symbol for mm-hmm. those of us who are Christians in this country. We want to keep that tradition alive. And over the years, we've acted out the story of Christmas. One year, my daughter was Mary, and my son was an angel. And (laughs) he did act like an angel for those moments on stage. (laughs) which was pretty amazing to all of us. But they understood the story in the most primitive way when they were little kids, and they were acting it out. And it is the most important story ever that our Savior came to earth, gave up everything Mm-hmm. Gave up all of His Majesty and glory in heaven, came in the form of a man, being born by Mary, as a baby. It's important right. to remember this at this time.
1: It is important to include the Christmas story in all of the celebration as a reminder of the true meaning of Christmas.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I would encourage you, if it isn't part of your tradition, read the Christmas story mm. on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, so that we do focus mostly on the true meaning. Get ready to read it whenever in your celebration. You may even want to have your family act it out. A lot of families do that. They take different parts. They act it out. We had a lot of people who wanted to be the animals instead of the speaking (laughs) parts, but that's okay. Um, It's all about God's showing his love for us by sending his son to be born in a major. Hmm. His birth brought great joy to the world. The shepherds, the wise men, and angels all shared in the excitement of knowing about this great event. They knew this was no ordinary baby, and the prophets had told of his coming hundreds of years before. The star stopped over Bethlehem to mark the way for those who were looking for this special child. Jesus was born so one day the price could be paid for the things we have done that are wrong. It was God's greatest gift to us. And as you get ready to celebrate this joyful day, remember the greatest gift that we ever were given and rejoice. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Pam Miller, our social media director, Cody Gokenhauer, our engineer, Linnell Fuller, and our post-producer, Chris Underation. And thanks, of course, to you, my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we are doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
2: The Dr. Linda Mental Show is a production of WQLUFM 90.9 in Lynchburg, Virginia.
0: Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from The Dr. Linda Mental Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of The Dr. Linda Mental Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.